trying not to sound like a fucking robot. It's crazy. All right, what's up, everyone? You're listening to Kitchen in the Bra, and I'm your host, JC. We also have our co-host here, JW. Hey. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about all things culinary industry, which is typical. That's what this podcast is about. We talk about everything industry-related, news, funny stories, you know, just a bunch of bullshit, really. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about, of course, the latest news. We're going to talk about some local stuff happening here in Austin, Texas. Bars are shut down again, and restaurants are now at 50% capacity. We're going to talk about Brandon Cash a little bit and uh, see what he's up to. He's another local disgrace, so we'll see how that turns out. I'm going to talk about uh, if you've gone out to eat or not, and uh, if you have, how's the food? What's the quality like? You know, what was the atmosphere? We want to discuss that just a little bit. It's relevant to the times, so uh, let's talk about that. And then we want to talk about what it's going to uh, take to stay relevant in the market. You know, there's a lot of restaurants out here that are closed. They're probably going to close permanently, at least 30% of them, and... uh, we, we want to just kind of bullshit back and forth and talk about maybe what it's going to take for some of these places to stay open. Uh, you know, especially our favorite places. If you're in the industry, maybe if you're a chef, if you're a cook and you're listening to this, we're also going to talk about how to cross-utilize your skill set. You know, you don't necessarily have to stay in the industry. Uh, you could unilaterally move into another position where you can maybe still use the skills that you have. And uh, not necessarily stay in the industry. So we're going to talk about that for those of you that maybe got laid off or furloughed and having a hard time. We're also going to talk about marketing yourself on social media and using that as a tool to your advantage. Uh, You know, we definitely want to be able to market ourselves, make a little scratch on the side. So we'll we'll talk about doing a side hustle too. And to wrap it up, we're going to have some uh, stupid story time. Because what would this podcast be without some fuckery, right? So anyway, thanks for joining the podcast, y'all. Let's get started. All right, so uh, we're going to talk about latest news. Uh, You know, it's it's Friday. It's the 26th. I forgot what day it was. I just had to ask JW. I was (laughs) like, what? I I thought it was Thursday. Uh, That's not true. It's Friday. If anyone's wondering what day it is, uh, it's Friday. So we've established that now. I guess we can talk about the news. Uh, you know, we're not going to talk about yesterday's news. That almost happened. We're going to talk about today's news. <laughs> so I uh, woke up this morning, and uh, you know, everyone knows that there's been spikes in COVID. It's it's been crazy um, across the nation. Two places that have been hit particularly hard. Florida and Texas, uh, and they had to institute some new rules, some old rules, but some new rules, right? So everyone's kind of back on a halfway lockdown, and uh, we're going to talk about what, what's happening here in Texas, uh, specifically over here in Austin. But anyway, yeah, we woke up, and uh, yeah, bars are closed, so that happened. Any of you uh, people that, that were loving your bar time... Uh, yep, that's gone for a while, so we'll see how that goes. 
And then uh, restaurants are also knocked back down to 50% from 75% occupancy. Yep. So anyone that likes to eat out, uh, yeah, that that also happened. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if the bars can be closed, but like say they have an outside patio, but you can't have anybody outside there, but then so say it's an inside restaurant, you can have 50% of the capacity in there. That seems like that's just as potentially the problem, just as bars would be. Like it's just I don't I don't see how they pick and choose like they do. I think it's because bars are mostly set up for standing room only, right? So you like you go into a typical bar and you have some cocktail tables, like you know they're they're scattered here and there, but for the most part, you know bars are are standing. You know, so most people stand in bars. They they stand at the actual bar or they sit at the actual bar. And also, you know, of course, alcohol being introduced into a social situation, most people are going to forget to to distance themselves. I think. And I and I can understand that. Um, I would say close earlier, um, but from the experience I've had at the bars that I've been at, um, which can segue into something later on, but. As for right now, you can't go up, like the ones that are actually proper practicing of what they need to do, you can't go up to the bar, everything is cocktail service, Um, they have six seats at each high top table, Uh, your temperature is taken upon walking into the bar, you are required to wear a mask once you walk to your seat, you can remove that, but you are not supposed to get up to take it like order drinks, do anything. The bartenders are basically cocktail waitresses now. Um, if you get up to go to the restroom, cool, of course you can still do that. Just put a mask on, no problem. You can't go from table to table, which is a definitely non-normal thing when you're socially drinking to not be social. So yeah. I can, I definitely say after the later it gets, the more people have to drink, they're normal traits go back into effect so yes um i can see it being an issue but at the same thing if i mean i can go out in the city and i can see someone a couple tables over and say hello to them and it's the same kind of thing i would walk up normally and say hello shake hands but that's what was fairly normal before i think on the flip side though too is like they're requiring seating now in bars where, you know, before, you, you could stand at will, you know, you can wander around, you can, and, and I mean, really, that's part of the bar experience, right? It's that... The social. Know, that, yes, the laissez-faire, social, just kind of wonder where you will, and, you know, do what you will at any time. Whereas, you know, with a brick-and-mortar restaurant, the whole idea of going to a restaurant is that you will have seated service, and you will be serviced... Uh, you, you know, in a such a way that it's a lot easier to maintain social distancing guidelines. And I think that's that's one of the reasons why it ends up being that way. Well, how would you look at the aspect of the uh, some of the smaller restaurants, more intimate spots that we've worked? Um, imagine if your capacity was 70-something people and then you limit it to, now it's 50. So you're 35, 36, yeah. 37 people. How, and even with that, if you saw someone in there that you knew, what's to stop a table from getting up, putting their mask on, 
walking over that table and conversing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, and but I'm just saying that like the same things can happen in restaurants as in bars. So I just and from personal experience when I've seen it that once it gets past ten thirty, I'll say Oh, it's a shit show. It just goes downhill. Well yeah, and people just don't care. Their inhibitions are out the window, but that's what alcohol does. That's that, that's the nature of the game. So if you just make it that people can't be there so late and take that normal side out of it, I think that would that would be an answer. But I also get like people stop wearing masks when they get drunk. They don't give it they don't give a shit. They just do whatever the hell they want to do. And that's where the fuck it, once you're boozing heavy, it's really counterproductive to the bigger picture. Yeah, I also think that there's less of a chance that people are going to get completely smashed in a brick and mortar restaurant. You know, I mean, there's some people that do go out and for <laughs> regardless, instance, yeah, regardless, they're like, I don't give a brunch fuck. wasted, yeah, <laughs> lunch they, they wasted, come, coming in, they're wasted already, they don't give a fuck. You know, there's those people that go out and they're total winos. You know, they're gonna sit down, they're gonna finish a bottle or two by themselves. There's always people like that, but I think. The, the number of instances that you'll see occur will probably be less with the brick and mortars. But I mean, either way, the, the whole situation is, is kind of a travesty because we've taken, you know, five steps forward and now four steps back. 45 steps back, I feel like. And I mean, you know, there's no, there's no reason that it should happen like that. You know, that's the crazy part. Uh, you know, beyond the political and economic implications of of these shutdowns. I mean, there's the the health implications, and the crazy yeah. thing is, is that it's polarized so many people. And you know, there's very few people that are that are in a middle camp about this. You know, there's there's basically the groups of people that are like, you know what, I should adhere to this, and let's just make this happen because we don't want this to go on indefinitely. And then you have the people on the other side that are... Coronaviruses make-believe. Yeah, they think it's like (laughs) 5G that caused coronavirus. And inexplicably, they run around saying they're going to get CO2 poisoning from a mask, which is another piece of insanity that uh, I can only assume came from Facebook. I'm not sure. I, I don't know where that came from, but... I can understand the fact of if, say, people are wearing a mask and they're wearing it for long periods of time. And then, so they develop sweat from that and then say the it's moist. Then that moistness dries, maybe develops into some kind of mold, whatever. And then they use the same bandana the next day, same mask the next day. Then they're doing the same thing. Another six-hour shift cooking. Because, you know, if you're you're not getting your whole wages being in back of the house, so now if you're having to wear a mask and having to, like, bring it, like, I would just, if I was required to wear that at work, I would just, like, I, I would wear the same one every day. But it just makes sense. I'd wash it. But for people that, like, don't, what if they back-to-back wear it a couple days in a row? Three days in a row. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, it, it kind of does defeat the purpose. But at the same time... You know, the whole idea is that you're not going to keep yourself from getting it. It's if you have it, you're going to lessen the chance of spreading it. Yeah, and that's that's the whole point. And people seem to miss this point. They somehow think their rights are being infringed upon. I'm American. 
which is crazy. Like, you know, you, if you think about this, you have to get a driver's license to drive, don't you? We're we're required <laughs> to wear clothing. <laughs> like you can get you, a public indecency. You you cannot walk around <laughs> bare ass naked. You know, maybe with the exception of a few nudist beaches, the fact is is that if you're on public property, you must wear clothing. And I mean that's it. And it's socially accepted across the board. I'm American. I'm I'm gonna go nude. But yeah, I mean what is it? I'm gonna dick? go to the airport it, and just out, naked. It's dick out for freedom. I mean, is that is that hey, what it is? Don't put a good idea past me, man. <laughs> this is gonna end up on Facebook and someone's gonna have have the uh, the shorthand for dick and it's just gonna be like a an emoji <laughs> of a big eggplant. It's gonna be like eggplant for freedom. I'm, I'm Maybe we should start that, dude, just to see how many stupid people we can get to believe it. That's fair. I would... I'm, no, I can't say that. <laughs> this is uncut, but that was a little too uncut. Oh, um, Yeah, but about... So, my... It's cool. I get it with that definitely people lose their ambitions in a bar much quicker than they would in a brick-and-mortar restaurant. 100%. I have no doubt about that. But... Went to eat today. Uh, me and my lady walked down a couple blocks. Went to a little spot, cool spot. They got great margaritas, uh, and it was just us two. Me and my lady have been like basically. She got a negative test two, three days ago because of her job. So it's like cool. If she's negative, I'm negative. Like clearly, that's the only way that could be. So we go out to eat by ourselves. We don't go out with groups. This, that, another. So this was a, another point I wanted to bring up. If the bars are closed, we saw a group of probably 10 to 12. I, I'm going to just say this loosely. Maybe they weren't all, but most of them looked like Karens to me. So anyways, then they asked if they could, could join their tables. Mm. And it's like... No, and it's clearly for like a bachelorette thing or something that would be looking for a bar at that time. They were in town for the weekend. Uh, and so, and it just continues. Like, no, you can't do that. And so they moved some of the plant and started pulling down chairs and all grouping together taking pictures. Do you not, or do you think the bar's closing down? will drive more people like that into restaurants and doing the same things that were potentially spreading it in the bars now onto restaurants? Well, I mean, you can't fix stupid, so I think well, that yeah, for the sure. answer to that is, yeah, of course it's going to drive the people that are resistant to common sense to any that. location that will have them. And I think, honestly, the onus is, is going to be on... On the establishment yep. to just make sure people are following the rules. And, you know, this is an interesting time for these places that that do get to be open even at 50% capacity because they have a whole different set of rights. And it's a really interesting time to be in the industry because you're observing uh, restaurateurs and restaurants deny people uh when up to this point, it was always yes, yes, no matter what. Yeah, you know, the customer's always right. Yeah, customer's right. Doesn't matter what you want. Yeah. We get it for you. And now... Even if they're wrong, the customer's right. And yeah, now, no. it's There is a no. There's a line in the sand. So I think regardless of if people are going to try to pull that shit, 
I think eventually what it's going to come to, because the restaurant itself is held responsible, they can be fined, they can be shut down. I mean, there's so many uh, consequences for non-adherence. I think that, that these sort of people are just going to get shut down really, really hard mm -hmm. uh, for the perceivable you know, future, the short-term future anyway. Well, there was... To that, bars had that same availability. Can refuse service to anybody that you want. And so I just think it's even... It, Maybe go maybe goes deeper than like more the not saying that like all bars but some bars that just don't give a damn like for instance some bars that we'll talk about later that didn't adhere to any of these social distancing practices this that and the other and they had 100% occupancy and ran up numbers till they got shut down and they got a 30 day suspension okay now everyone's closed so the scumbags still won. So that's what's just kind of a crazy thing that even the people that did adhere to this and went the extra mile to make sure that they did these things, even in restaurants doing the same thing. Yeah, they got the double whammy yeah, because exactly. they still had to deal with the, the shitty people coming in that you know, were screeching about adhering to these very, very simple rules. And then, uh, of course, having to watch other owners that were completely irresponsible. Across the street. Yeah, <laughs> irresponsible, but then pulling in the dough because of it. You know, mm -hmm. just like getting all that extra revenue and then getting something like a, you know, a 30-day suspension, you know, isn't very much. I think really the only way to make it, make it an effective uh, punishment is to take, you know, 50% of the profits. Uh, they can't do that legally, and I know that. But, you know, if you really wanted it to stick... You say, well, you have to you have to forfeit fifty percent of your revenue for the term of non-adherence. So the entire time that you decide that you're not going to listen, uh, you lose fifty percent of your earnings. That could work. Yeah, I don't know if it's legal, but I mean, it could it could work. Well, that I mean, there's <laughs> there's lots of things that I think about. I mean, the fact of if you you murder someone, whatever, we can't get that raw. Never mind. I mean, we could talk about it, but no, there might be some shocked people. Oh, it's okay. All right. Well, I mean, I think if, say, uh, you did something behind some closed doors, we'll, we'll make it as as PC as possible. But if you do some shit behind closed doors, say you you do some fuck shit to... You're, you're a Jeffrey Epstein motherfucker. You do some shit like that behind closed doors, have that shit done to you into return. Far less people would go out committing fuckery because most of the folks that can do fuckery can't take fuckery done onto them. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's true. And I think most of the people right now that are, you know, running around thinking that there's no consequences, the crazy thing is that if you just take a moment to read, I mean it's it's in the news daily. You read about someone that said, "Oh, well I didn't take this seriously," and then you hear about them getting sick. And, I mean, there's there's people that have been sick for three months. Three months. They still have symptoms. Wear your mask. It, it's not going to keep you from getting it. It's to keep it from spreading. It's, it's that simple. If it doesn't spread, you have less of a chance of getting it. And even if you are asymptomatic and you're not one of those people that is going to get sick, you could potentially get someone that you love really really sick because 
there's you're not a doctor. You don't know what their immuno response is going to be. You don't know what their history is. Well, what if they're diabetic and they don't know they're diabetic yet? That's that's another high risk person. Like there's lots of things that you could not have any idea about, and like that that's some weight. That's some weight on them shoulders. Like depending how old you are, you could have a long life ahead of you, and that weight's only going to get heavier too. So it's like just that's what I think about. I think about my loved ones that are most dearest to me. Like, nah, that really ain't worth it. That really ain't worth it. No, I mean it's it's not it's not worth it. And you know, it, like honestly, if there's anyone listening to this and you're having doubts about a mask and its effectiveness, let's just state the obvious. All right, the mask is not going to block a virus. A, a virus, just it's small. It's very small. You should Google it. I mean, really. I mean, you might be surprised by what a virus can get into. It's really, really crazy. But. But beyond that, and beyond the obvious reasons why there's social distancing and X, Y, and Z, if if you break it down, we'll give you an analogy. I think it's kind of funny, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about naked people peeing on each other really quick. And in this analogy, it's going to become apparent why you should wear a mask. So uh, imagine that we all one day decide that we're not going to wear clothes, right? And then some dude walks up and he pisses on your leg. And what happens? You're both naked. That means that you have piss all over your leg. All right, great. So then you decide you're going to put on a pair of pants. And the guy comes back and he pisses on your leg again. But this time, uh, a lot of the piss is caught by the pants that you're wearing. And you're like, man, this is not going to happen a third fucking time. So you hunt the dude down and you put a pair of pants on him. And he runs up and he tries to piss on you, but you've got pants on and he's got pants on, so he just pisses on himself. So I hope that simplifies it for anyone that was confused about the uh, the technicalities of how a virus works. But uh, yeah, wear, just wear your mask. It's, it's simple. Let's get this over with. Let's not stretch this out anymore. You know, we all want to get back to uh, some approximation of our lives. We don't want to have some crazy new normal. The longer this stress stretches out, the crazier it's going to get. And the virus can mutate, like, at, at so many points, because there's people getting it two and three times. Like, that clearly means that it's making roundabouts and making mutations in itself. So, yeah, like, just stop with the fuckery. No more fuckery. Seriously, do it. Wear the mask. All right, so moving on to uh, some other local news. Uh, JW was actually uh, telling me about some stuff that was happening with a local guy over here, Brandon Cash. And uh, I'm going to let him take it take it over from here and tell you guys a little bit about that. It's, it's fucking crazy. Um, I'm sure if uh, you're listening to this and you're from the uh, Austin area or you've been around the area at least for a little bit, you're familiar with the name Brandon Cash. Um, he's been pretty pretty trending right now. Um, he kind of, I mean, he's always he's always said things that have been pretty hostile, pretty uh, questionable uh, to be the the most polite um, and cool. Time time changed. This, that, and the other. Um, there are a couple specifics. Um, 
he he took some things, uh, basically said some things out of line in about 2011 was the first one I remember seeing. Um, and then it kind of progressed on, progressed on. It was one of those things, seemed like he was under the mindset, and I, I can agree with it up to some a certain point, not what he said, but the mindset, that no publicity is bad publicity. Until you cross a very hard line. So with this guy, I I think he continued in 2017. He also had some things that were way, way over the line that were said. He got his bar boycotted, uh, unbarleavable, and I think that was on Rainy Street. Then made a public apology. Then here recently, after his bar got shut down... Well, a 30-day suspension from TABC for not adhering to the COVID uh, social distancing guidelines. He made a wild, wild public statement um, on his Facebook. And it was just saying, like, I'm not sorry. I never was sorry that if you you don't like America, then you can get out. And then it finally comes down to the end, and the last thing he leads with is, I'm a really, never been more unproud to be an American. Well, those two things, my friend, contradict themselves. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, there's there's some excerpts here that that we can draw from. Uh, but, you know, this is, this is basically me quoting him directly. Uh, I'm tired of being quiet. I ain't sorry for shit. So, I mean, you can already see what type of, uh, of person this guy is. And, you know, basically he's referencing his, his past uh, propensity to, to mouth off on social media and, and really just say shit that he should keep to himself. Uh, I didn't keep to yourself. You, if you think like that, you shouldn't be a business owner of a bar and expect people to come in and give you Well, money. no. No, yeah, you no shouldn't. Doubt. But beyond that, I mean, if you are the sort of piece of shit to be that way, uh, I mean, no one wants to hear your bullshit. Just keep it to yourself. Yeah. You know? that. I mean, and that's just like the, the bare minimum, right? That's going beyond the fact that if you're a business owner and you also act like a child and a bigot, then, I mean, clearly no one is going to want to, you know, be a patron uh but that goes without saying, right? So, so this yeah. Keeps, con- continue on. I want, I want to hear the rest of this. Yeah, he's a little crazy. Um, so I ain't sorry for shit. Never fucking was. I'm gonna say whatever the fuck I want to say and do whatever the fuck I want to do. And if you don't like it, you can get fucked. You know why? Because this is fucking America. So you know, to reference what uh, JW was saying about him saying, "Oh, you know, this is this is fucking America." You know, I can do whatever I want. I you know, land of the free. Uh, blah blah blah. And so he goes on to say, quote, if you don't like it, get the fuck out. The media and social justice bitches need to jump off a cliff. Every loser protester with a cause needs to mind their own goddamn business before they get smacked in the face with their fucking keyboard. Get a fucking life. And then, you know, to top it all off, he says, never been more unproud to be an American. Which is, you know, kind of (laughs) ironic considering he just told... Uh, everyone to get fucked and get out of America if you don't like it and then he just says I don't like America yeah it sounds like he don't like it which is 
But, you know, you can't really expect a person like this to have very much common sense. I mean, clearly you can tell uh, from his writing prose that he's not exactly the, uh, the brightest bulb in the box. Uh, wow. Yeah, so, it, I mean, dude, that's crazy. And, what? you know, this is a guy that owns, what, Unbelievable, The Rooftop, The Aquarium. He has another rooftop in San Marcos and The Good Night. I mean, this isn't just, like, a guy that owns one seedy little bar. He owns a lot of bars. Yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's a wild thing. I mean, it, I remember it really coming to fruition about, like, like I said, around 2017, maybe 2016, about his really crazy, I mean, racist, like, catcalling, like, just wild comments Online, they gain traction, and people start seeing them and start seeing that like, that's not okay. Like, you can't. Jokes that were said in 1930 aren't said now because I would like to think that society has evolved a little bit. It has realized its wrongs, it has realized its rights, and it has tried to grow from it. So, the same thing, there were norms then. You can't just say now, and it continues through each decade that you progress. The things that were said in the early 90s to people as jokes, not said as jokes now. So if you think that you can just say stuff and get away with it because it was a joke then, it doesn't sound like a lot of people are joking. Yeah, well, <laughs> and I mean beyond that, even if you know some of the things he says are jokes that are done in poor taste, for instance... I think the majority, and I, the point is, is that the majority of what he says is his unfiltered thought process. I mean, the guy clearly, you know, he he doesn't give a fuck. Which, to a certain extent, sure. I mean, we're we're on a podcast where we don't give a fuck. We're talking about what whatever we want to talk about, you know. And it's Cause called because it's, it's America, right? It, it it's America, and this is called Kitchen in the Raw, and we're right. having raw conversations. So yeah, okay, cool. You know, there there is that, but there's there's no way to condone that sort of behavior. You no. know, there's no excuse to be made Hell for it. No. And honestly, people that think that way, you know, the the end of the day is get fucked. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get, mean, get fucked. I yeah, I got I got that same vibes I mean that he has for wanting to be able to say whatever he wants to say. Cool. Well that means everyone else should be able to that same same thing. They should be able to have those same liberties that you have of doing whatever the fuck they want because you saying that only you should be able to do what the fuck you want, that doesn't sound like anything that I've ever heard of. No, a dude just wants to say whatever he, he wants to say with no... Uh, no repercussions. Yeah, no consequences. You know, he just wants to run around and shoot his mouth off and think, you know, oh, no one's going to do anything about it. And, uh, you know, honestly, like, how many people now have signed that pe uh, petition you were telling me about? Oh, uh, shit. I think last time I looked, I mean, I looked, I want to say two or three days ago, and it was around 6,000. Today I looked, and it's high 12,000s, maybe, maybe right at 13,000. 13,000 people feel some type of way about your comments, about your jokes. Yeah. And I mean, that you know, 13,000 people doesn't sound like a lot, but then you really think about that. You know, like, actually, I mean, that's like 
the 13,000 individual people took the time out of their day to say, get fucked. Like, have you ever had 13,000 people tell you to get fucked all at the same time? Because have you ever had 13,000 people like a picture of yours on Instagram? Oh, yeah. I mean, no. beyond that. We've like, like, had 13,000 people say, nah, they fucking dislike you. They would rather you just be shut the fuck down. Right? Uh, man, that's... Uh, it's it's a crazy... And, you know, honestly, with everything else that's going on, you know, this dude is sitting here and he's he's... He's flapping his mouth in the middle of, one, a pandemic when he already is in a bad situation financially, you know, owning bars. And then he's going to shoot his mouth off also in the middle of civil unrest, which, it, I mean... Say, pro losers slash protesters. Which, you know, and, and it's crazy too because he makes this assumption that you know you have to you have to have a specific political stance to agree with what's going on, which is fallacious in nature if you think about it. Like, I don't have to have any sort of political stance at all to say, "No, that's some stupid shit that's going on," and you know it. It shouldn't happen. Like, I don't have to be a social uh, justice warrior. I don't have to be a leftist. Uh, I can just say, no, man, that's stupid. Well, and even more so in the service industry. The service industry is the most diverse industry there is, period. So there's, there's definitely industries you would expect it in. Maybe, maybe John Deere. Right. Maybe Caterpillar. Something like that, some heavy equipment. I can under, I can't understand it, but I could, I could see it not being as probably more common. Honestly. Yeah, it's way more common. It's a bunch of good old boys. But yeah, and so with that, but with the service industry, you have people from every walk of life, every walk of life, and I don't care who says that that's not true. You have not been in the kitchen. I have seen more people, and that, the kitchen has made me not, like, I learn more from people that barely speak English Mm -hmm. from a way, from efficiency, a way how to do things, by shutting the fuck up, and I sit there and I watch, rather than thinking I know the best way, let me check out their way. Let me see what it's about. I don't have to bow down to their way. But I, let's see what it's about. I can't knock it till I try it. Then you do it, and you're like, damn, I got a new, faster way to do this. I got a new, better way to do this. And I think that can, that speaks so heavily throughout this industry because you have people that have, you can hate whatever color you want, but say if it takes you an hour to peel a box of shrimp, and you have a fucking guy's purple come down goddamn pink, I don't give a fuck what color, and he shows you how to peel the box in 25 minutes. You best listen. <laughs> well, and outside of, if you, but if you don't listen, that's your own fucking stupidity. You gotta use your fucking eyes and your ears and your mouth proportionally. Don't fucking talk about it. Look at it. Realize what it is. Listen. Hear them. Try it, and if that cuts you down time, and your main thing in the kitchen is efficiency, and you can do it to the same standard that you did in an hour, 
you shouldn't be listening to this fucking podcast if you're not going to listen to the guy that is purple, pink, no matter what the fuck color of the rainbow they are. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that, I mean, you know, that, that really leads us to, I mean, I guess the final point for this section. And that's if, if you're like-minded in that, you know, you think a lot like... Brandon Cash does if if it's kind of your thing if it's explicitly your thing if you totally agree with that ideology uh, don't listen to this podcast kindly hit if you you hit subscribe much appreciate it we really really appreciate everything about that but just as easy as you hit that go up there and kindly hit that unsubscribe button because we don't need it we ain't about the fuck shit and I mean, be honest, you're just going to get offended listening to this because <laughs> we're going to make fun of racists a lot yeah. uh, because it's funny. Like, uh, it's it's funny to make fun of ignorant people. And uh, I mean, JW and I, we, we don't like stupid people. We don't like... You play it, stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Exactly. So we're going to talk a lot about stupid people on here because they're fun to, they're fun to make fun of. Uh, so if you are, you know... A bigot or a racist, uh, you're gonna hate this podcast. So if you are like Brandon, uh, that crazy son of a bitch, then uh, yeah, don't don't listen to this. We don't want you to. <laughs> not, not, not for you. It's not for you. Nope, it's not for you. You'll get your uh, feelings hurt. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can kind of tell that Brandon's super sensitive. All he does is uh, talk shit to people. Anyone says anything to him, and he throws a fit. You know, goes and responds to them and, and fucking freaks out. But yeah, so that's uh, that's some news on uh, a local. Uh, I don't even know. He's not not really like a celebrity. He's just kind of like a. I mean, it's got. I'd say it's someone that has come to the point of clearly a lot of people know him, but nothing's been done. So in this time and age, um, it's. I feel the easiest way to put it is karma's a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. You know, it, it, it might be days, you know, or months, or, you know, it might be a few years down the road, but the shit that you say and uh, and the things that you do when they come back and uh, bite you in the ass, it, it can be a shitty thing. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, move on here in a second. Uh, for those of you that are listening... Thank you for joining the podcast. This is Kitchen in the Raw. Hey. I'm JC. We're here with the co-host, JW. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're having some fun here. Just uh, bullshitting, talking about the industry. And the best part is this is merely the tip of the iceberg. Like, right. um, and we got uh, some thanks for you guys. If you guys have comments, got any questions... Uh, go to any subscriber that you're getting this podcast from, hit a five-star review, throw in your question, comment, concern, and um, we're going to try and, in the next couple episodes, start really having some feedback with people. Like I said, we'll bring this back up. It'll be in at the back end of the episode again, but just want to give you a heads up, give that five-star review, put in your question, comment, concern on any streaming platform. And, uh, yeah, we're going to try and get some of y'all's questions up here and answer what we can. Yeah, so uh, we are on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, I mean, there's there's several more, but we'll, we'll just go with the three the three main. 
Uh, also, our handle is uh, Kitchen in the Raw. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. Uh, you know, if you want to come and uh, join us on Instagram, we're going to post a bunch of stupid memes because why the fuck not? And uh, occasionally some, some funny videos. I mean, who knows? We'll just kind of throw stuff up there and see what happens. Anyway, yeah, join us, please. Ask questions. Be part of this whole process. This is just the start. You know, this is where we're just going to kind of see how things uh, go, what sticks, what people want to hear about. And uh, really, at the end of the day, it's just two dudes that are just kind of bullshitting and sharing some experiences that they've had. And, uh, you know, all the years that we've been in this industry, it, it's been pretty crazy. <laughs> Say the least. All right, y'all. So uh, up next, we're going to talk about if you've been furloughed, what you can do to maybe cross-utilize some of the skills that you have and uh, use them in other professions. And maybe it's not even other professions per se, but utilize them in a, such a way uh, that you can maybe turn turn a profit. You know, you can, you can uh, do a hustle. And also we're going to talk about how you can leverage social media to market yourself. Uh, get yourself some attention. Uh, it's it's tough, you know. A lot of people have lost their jobs, and a lot of us are are highly specialized. You know, the truth is, is that it, when you've been in this industry long enough, it seems like maybe it's the only thing that you can do. However, uh, you know, you just got to think outside the box. You know, what what are you good at? You know, are are you particularly good at being an expo? Um, and staying organized. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, that sounds like you're actually really good at crisis management and organization. You know, how can you leverage that and and then use that to your advantage? You know, is that maybe that you're going to move yourself over to, you know, working in a call center where you have people that are going to be screaming at you and, uh, you know, they they can't figure out why their computer that's unplugged uh, doesn't work. They won't even turn on! Hey, you know, if you're good at crisis management and you can keep yourself calm in the middle of a rush when you're uh, having to deal with service staff and cooks that are both pissed off, um, you know, maybe you could do something like that. Now, I'm not saying to do exactly that, right? But the whole point is to leverage your skills in such a way that you can think outside the box. You know, maybe you're the dude that was coming in and putting away all the orders in the morning. You know, if, if that's your job and you worked at a big place, you know, you know what it's like to put together and then put away, you know, a $3,000 or $4,000 order. And, I mean, there's a... There's a lot of warehouses that are hiring right now. I mean, there's a lot of warehouses that are swamped. I know for a fact, Amazon, at least here in Texas, right, in, in Austin, Amazon is hiring warehouse people all the time. Is it the best job? No. Are they going to start you out at like $16 an hour and then, you know, work you into the ground? Yeah, probably. However, you know, it's it's a paycheck. And, I mean, the biggest thing is that without some sort of, of federal or state intervention, uh, you know, a lot of us are going to hit the end of the rope when it comes to unemployment. I mean, there's some people that still don't have unemployment. You know, they've been waiting like 10 or more weeks, and in some states, no unemployment yet. Uh, 
so, you know, start thinking, you know, what skills do you have? You know, maybe you're just super creative, you know, maybe you're that, you're that cook or you're that chef that, you know, was kind of like the life, the life of the restaurant and that you were always creating something. Hey, go out and do some private parties. There's tons of people that want to eat right now. Shit, talk to your neighbor. If you're, I, nine times out of ten, if you've worked in this industry for over five years, you can cook better than either person that lives either side of you. So with that, go over. And, I mean, it could be as simple as making a Caesar dressing from scratch. And if you know what that takes, it ain't much. You know some cheater methods to get around that? Use some fish sauce instead of anchovies. I mean, you... You don't have to have fresh garlic. You don't have to have... I mean, there's lots of things that you can get around this with. And it's... Like I said, the things that you may take for granted that are your skill sets, not everyone else does. Yep. And you can market those. You can totally leverage those skills. And, you know, don't don't necessarily also think about, like, interacting face-to-face. Like, we were just talking about leveraging social media. And honestly, JW is super, super good at that. Uh, he leverages Instagram, for instance, all the time. So I'm sure he can speak to, to you know Instagram a little bit more than I can. I mean, it's just what it boils down to me is is it's free marketing, and no matter any way you put it, say whatever following you gain and whatever relationships you make with people that may have a greater following than you, less of a following than you. But it's about your outreach. That if you post a bunch of shit, I know it sounds super old school, but like, think about before social media, and how people had to get their names out there, it was literally by going out, shaking people's hands, or by grassroots referencing, and so now, this is a whole source, a whole way that you can reach so many people worldwide with your services, granted, you can't really help every single person worldwide but I'm saying the fact of you can continue to treat it if you treat it like a business and that's all you treat it like you would be very surprised with the results yeah I totally agree I mean there's so many people that I mean for instance if if you go and you look at YouTube videos and see how many people watch uh, cooking tutorials on YouTube I mean you'd be blown away there's so many people that don't have those skill sets, right? And you can leverage that by using Instagram, for instance, as a platform to showcase your skills live. And then beyond that, I mean, we have Zoom, right? Or you could use Skype or Zoom. You can do remote cooking classes if you want to. You could have five people sign up, and you could have all people, you know, all five people watching you. And you know, you could do a three-course menu. And, you know, who knows who you're going to get. You know, maybe you're going to have some some housewives in there. And then, you know, maybe you're going to have some younger kids that just want to learn something. And But, you know, if you, if you charge, you know, a, an acceptable price for it, and who knows what that is in, in the market right now, but it's better than nothing, right? And it, it really costs you nothing beyond a little bit of your time. And, you know, the cool thing is, is that you don't even necessarily have to go shopping and get anything crazy. You can just use what you have at home. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and with that, uh, just to touch on that aspect, if, like you said, a cooking class, you have five friends, charge them, we'll say, $90 a month, 
and you do three classes a month. That probably takes you three days of work, and like I said, you get five people. You get ten people. That's for three days of work, you got $900. Yep, and you can have all ten of those people in the same class. I mean, that's that's the crazy thing. Well, you just post it as, like, subscription-based. Yep. That from there that they have access to these three things, cool. I'd say if 50 people subscribe, mm-hmm. say 100 people subscribe, yep. it's finding some way to make a passive income with it. And, yeah, it may seem real weird because most most of us from back of the house, we're, we're a little camera shy. We're not Food Network. We're not the whitewashed... I, I fuck with Bobby Flay. He's done some things for the industry, but I I don't handle myself like Bobby Flay. I don't talk to people mm-hmm. like Bobby Flay. Right. And so with that, it it's going to be weird for a lot of people to be on the actual visual side of things if people mm-hmm. are watching them. But get over that shit. Because the longer it takes you to get over it, someone else has already gotten over it and they're making money on it. Yeah, and you know, honestly, we're being pretty specific here, but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be that. I think I think everyone gets the point though that you know, using social media to your advantage because you don't have to pay for social media is the same thing as having free advertising. And in business, advertising distribution is how you bring in clients, right? So the more you can distribute or advertise and the less you pay for it, the more revenue you can bring in that you can keep, right? And at the end of the day, that's what you want to do. So find ways to get yourself out there. Yeah, hustle, hustle. Nick, if you got two hustles right now, have four by next week. If you got four by next week, have eight by the next week after that. Continuously make more because as one falls, you got another one to supplement it. Yeah, and not everything's going to work out. You no. Know? And you don't have to have everything work out. You know, right away. The fact is, is that if you were, if you're actively trying to change your situation, you're going to eventually get there, and that's the whole point. When I say, like, you can, eat, I say a hustle, but I mean, it can make ten dollars a week. That's ten dollars. I mean, that's ten dollars more than you had the week before. And it's like you compile things that are making ten dollars, fifty dollars, hundred dollars, thousand dollars. Like, it's really don't say. I mean, baseball cards. I mean, any kind of card collecting, trading, whatever it may be, that can be super. You can make two, three, five, six, ten bucks on a card, but it's about that's you're adding rather than subtracting. You're constantly adding. You're adding in your sleep. You're adding when you wake up. You're adding when you take a nap in the middle of the day. You're adding when you eat fucking lunch. Always be adding. Continue to try and grow. Grow your hustles because, like you said, nothing will last forever and nothing's going to fucking work every single time. I wish that every single thing that I have ever tried to do has worked. I'd be lying to you if I said it has. Yeah, but I mean, the fact is, if you don't put yourself out there and you don't try to fail, then you, honestly, you're never going to succeed because there's no such thing, uh, there's no such thing as, like, the perfect first try. You know, maybe there's some stories out there where someone, like, had this, like, great idea and, you know, all of a sudden it blew up and, and then now, you know, they're just raking in the dough. But the fact of the matter is, is that they're probably not telling you the whole story there. They're telling you, you know, the, the shortened version 
and how much work it actually takes. And to JW's point, you know, this doesn't necessarily have to be just like a, a leverage of your culinary skills in it in and of itself. Like maybe you have hobbies outside of the industry. You know, maybe you do collect cards. Uh, you know, they could seriously be baseball cards or for, you know, Anything. for all intents and purposes, you could be like collecting Magic the Gathering cards or, you know, there's some, a market. Po- there's a market. some Pokemon cards, whatever it is. But you get the point, you know, leverage your hobbies. You know, are you super, super good at, you know, video games? Sh- start a Twitch account, you know, start streaming that. Uh, you know, if you're like, oh, well, I don't have a, I don't have a microphone and I don't have a camera. Well, you have a camera phone. So (coughs) use that. Like, I, you know, use what's around you. And the whole point, uh, you know, of this, this section of this conversation is to maybe give some people, uh, some hope, you know, because there's a lot of people out there, I'm sure right now that are worried, you know, they're like, man, how am I supposed to pay my bills? Uh, A lot of this stuff is really crazy. Uh, you know, it doesn't help that we just had this this relapse. Um, but start thinking outside of the box. You know, if you're if you're constantly living with your blinders on, um, you know, you're not going to see opportunities that are around you, and that's the point. Well, you'll never. Basically, the last thing, if you never give your oppor- like yourself an opportunity to lose, you also never give yourself the potential to win. Yeah, 100%. If if you keep everything tucked and you're fucking scared all the time, I get it. Make calculated moves. It's chess, not checkers, 100%. But, like I said, if you never put it out there so that you can fail, you will never have the victory of winning. Ever. It's all about making it. You know, that's that's also what part of this podcast is about. It, It is about... Making it, you know, we want to talk about relevant things in the industry, but we also want to talk about how you can make it. Well, this is the two of us that we, I mean, we've, we've talked about this for, I mean, oh, clearly easily over a year, but this has finally come to fruition as it talks about in the intro that we have time and as something, if you come from the industry, you know, time is something that is never on your side. You're constantly fighting time. So with this, this is us evolving the same way. You guys got time, and we wanted to talk about something that we saw was some had some importance and has never really been talked about. The absolute, like the name Kitchen in the Raw, that's what we want to give you is thoughts. Like if you actually, you've walked into a kitchen, you know it is, it's a bunch of pirates. It is a bunch of pirates. I don't care. I mean, cool. If you're at some Michelin star, it's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little more pretentious. But you go 95% of the restaurants, it is a bunch of pirates. I got a phone call from my man today that is the one of the best line cooks, fastest pasta cook I've ever seen in my life. Locked up right now. But that's how that's how that goes. That's That's... That's the mix you get in the back. You don't you don't get to pick where this dude that I work next to, where his background came from. I'm worried about his abilities. This shit starts getting hairy at night. Can you hold your side? Because I can hold my side. And so that's what that's what we want to give you is there's no That's how we're looking at it. I don't give a fuck if you dislike it. There's gonna be some things that every single one of y'all here 
that you probably will dislike. Yeah, you might outright hate it, honestly. But that's that's one of the coolest things about the kitchen is that if you hear something that you hate, you see some whatever, you're pretty much gonna have to deal with it because you're gonna have to get through the shift. Yeah, you gotta make it. Thick skin. <laughs> you you gotta make it at least through the shift. You know, you can't you can't just bitch out and quit. Can't quit. You can't. Yeah. It, oh, this is no, this is too tough. Yeah. This is too hard. No, there's a bigger picture. There, there always is a bigger picture. So, guys, make it. Think outside the box. Uh, try. You know, even if you don't think you can do it, or you know, you're like, oh man, I'm too introverted to do any of that, or blah blah blah. Find someone who's not introverted that'll drag you along. Even if you fail, get up and try, try again. <sighs> All right, guys. So, uh, last thing, we're uh, we're gonna go over a stupid story. Just uh, just for the hell of it, right? You, you got this one this week? Yeah. You got this yeah, for this yeah. week? So, so we're going to pull from Reddit. Uh, everyone everyone loves Reddit, right? That's, that's of course, a joke. I'm sure <laughs> that most people don't love Reddit. I'm a fan of Reddit, personally. I think it's hilarious. Uh, you, you find a lot of uh, really, really crazy shit on Reddit. So um, we're pulling this from Tales from the Kitchen. It's a, a subreddit. And uh, the user that posted this story is called Panties for Pandas. <laughs> yeah, it kind of gives you an idea of uh, this this sort of atmosphere, right? So uh, anyway, story headline says, Assistant Manager Pours Gasoline Down Sink. Yeah, you, <laughs> you actually heard that right. This, so this is a true story. This happened uh, seven days ago, apparently. This happened. I came into work a day ago, and it reeked of gasoline. This happens sometimes, and I have always assumed that it is because my kitchen is in a gas station. Today, I was pulled aside by a co-worker asking for advice because our assistant manager poured a gallon of gasoline down the kitchen sink. It's been four days, and we can still smell the gas. The issue is that if we call corporate, they will inform the manager, who in turn won't hesitate to throw us under the bus to protect her friend. She has already shown she's unreliable when it comes to correctly handling situations involving her friends. Any advice on how to report this without it getting back to the manager that the report came from inside? Wow. Um, so, I, you know... Honestly, this is an advice column, and we're not going to answer this. Uh, we're just going to talk about this this fucking crazy story. Um, first and foremost, if anyone is wondering uh, for what reason a manager would be pouring <laughs> gasoline down the sink in a kitchen, there's no plausible reason. Uh, and Unless she was trying to run an insurance scam and she had plans to blow up the kitchen and got caught. I, I mean, I can't, I can't even try to reason that one out. There's yeah, there's no reason I can even fathom to come to of why someone pour gasoline down the drain, like at all. No matter if you're in a gas station, I mean, clearly it'd be a little more odd if you weren't in a gas station. But at what fucking point? Like, put it in your car. Fuck you talking about? Yeah, hey, guys, it's it's not a drain cleaner. I'm sure most of you know that. <laughs> if, I, if I fucking hope most of you if, know if that. If anyone's listening and they're uh, curious and they, they're thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm going to try that, don't. Gasoline uh, reacts 
with uh, with plastics, and a lot of drains these days are plastic. Uh, you know, until they get to mains, you know, and then they're all made out of uh, you know like things like copper and stuff like that. So, uh, if if you're in your house, don't don't put gas in your drain; it'll melt your pipes. It's fucking dumb. <laughs> as fuck. Oh, Jesus. Oh Christ. man. Yeah, it's hard to believe that's real, uh, but it is real. Wow. Um, also, uh, so touching on story of the day, uh, to go back to what I was saying about if you hit that five-star review on any streaming platform and you've got a story for us, more than happy for those. Uh, you can also DM us at uh, Kitchen in the Raw on IG. Um yeah, any, any cool stories, we'd love to feature you guys, any crazy shit from working in an industry that y'all have, love to hear it, uh, we'll have a lot more coming at you guys, we just want to do a quick Reddit one, uh, want to stay relevant with today, we said we were going to do this episode next week, but since this shit happened today, we're going to push this out to you guys tonight, and get it dropped uh, give us feedback, everything y'all need, everything y'all want, everything y'all want to hear about, and uh, let's keep it pushing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, give us give us honest feedback, guys, because we want to know uh, what content is going to drive this, right? So we don't want this to be one-dimensional or you know necessarily boring. Uh, you know, we're trying to keep this light but informative. So you know, if you guys have ideas. Uh, let us know. You know, if you if you think that there's going to be a section that we can add to this that's going to be relevant and you know it's it's still going to be you know cool. Uh, yeah, again, let us know. Reach out, please. Um, you know, I think that uh, for today that's gonna gonna wrap up the podcast. Uh, again, I'm JC. Uh, this is Kitchen in the Raw. I'm online here with JW. Hey, and. Uh, yeah, we're going to try to put out another uh, another episode here, I think, in about a week, uh, just because we got this one out so quickly. So, uh, yeah, uh, look for us in a week, and hopefully we get some responses uh, before then. And uh, for all of you out there that uh, have a chance to listen to this, thank you. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch you all later. Yeah, take it easy, guys. Stay safe. All right. Peace.